Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and I guess I should start with Aloha, because today we're going to be talking about a fantastic movie called Waterman, and I guess I could call it a documentary as well. Joining us is the director, Isaac Halasima. Isaac, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Aloha to you. Aloha. Now, as soon as I saw Waterman at the formerly referred to as the LDS Film Festival, it was the uh, movie that premiered the event. I told everybody, you've got to go see the movie when it comes to Utah box offices. Yes, Jason Momoa really is the narrator of Waterman. But Isaac, where can we see the movie now? Uh, From what I understand, it's going to be pretty much everywhere the Megaplexes play. And I think some of the Cinemarks, I can't I can't say all of them. But yeah, starts out this weekend and and then we just see how long it stays. Right. And then I believe that they can follow you at at Waterman underscore movie. And there'll be a lot of updates there as well. All right. Let's talk about the movie, because I grew up in a surfing culture in Southern California, in San Diego. I was a terrible, terrible surfer. But those of us who grew up around the surf culture knows that there really is a spirit of how we're supposed to treat each other and treat nature while we're out in the water. You know, to be generous, to take turns, to help one another to chill out, to relax, and enjoy the beauty of the world around you. And when I watched your movie, it it actually instructed me that that culture came because of one legendary man known as the father of surfing, Duke Kahanamoku. And am I pronouncing his last name, Kahanamoku, correctly at all? Yeah, well, and I'll give you a little trick, too, on the on Polynesian pronunciations. We, we didn't actually have written languages until the Latin-speaking people came. And when they translated the Bible, they used Latin vowels. So if you, if you know Spanish, and like how the Spanish vowels go, you can usually pronounce anything in Hawaiian or Tongan or all of us, because it kind of follows the same rules. So yeah, Kahanamoku. <laughs> Well, that makes sense because uh, Spanish is my second language. So that's. Oh, there that, you go. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing just, that. Just ride with it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is, a, this is a story of, honestly, you know, one of my heroes. He's one of the most important Polynesians, I think, to live, especially in the modern era. And, and he really set the standard for what the world saw when they saw Polynesians. It's, uh, you know, the, he did so many incredible things throughout his life. It's, it's almost hard to just like pick a thing at times. Surfing is probably the most famous because it is the one that, you know, it's it, he popularized it. Australia, they got all sorts. Of, in fact, there's monuments all over the world because of it, you know. But that's usually where I start off most of my conversations when I did interviews with people is I would just ask. I'd, I'd ask, you know, how many American athletes do you know of have monuments and statues dedicated to them in three different countries? And no one could ever answer anybody besides Duke Kanamoku, this, this guy that is somehow kind of slipped under the radar. 
and so the goal is to get him back out there, put him back out there, you know. And, and I, you know, I don't know if you know the story of how I kind of came where, where my uncle came to me about doing this, but it's uh, it's been a quest, that's for sure, to get this guy out there. I, I think part of the reason he slipped under the radar over time is because a lot of people know parts of his story, but to put a big chunk of them together in one place really puts a light on the amazing things that he was able to do. Well, and let's go back in time, because as I sat in the theater and began to watch this story, people might have an idea of what a documentary feels like. But this is going to surprise you because it is so entertaining, so fast moving, so beautifully shot. The scenes around the ocean are just incredible. And yet it's the storyline that makes it one of the best movies I've ever watched, really. Oh, and, oh thanks. Uh, and, and hats off to you because this is a, I mean, Duke, was he born in the late 1800s? Talk to us about when he lived. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably the most interesting part about it. Is he was born when Hawaii was still a kingdom ruled by the queen, and so he was born in 1890, and then uh, and the kingdom fell shortly after that. So, if anyone should have had probably a bad taste in their mouth over the world and the westernization of everything around him, it should have been him. But he embraced it and found a way to to turn it to his favor. You know, it's, it really is the story of one of Hawaii's greatest warriors. Figuring out how to win America's heart and then conquer the world. Well, and he went on to become an Olympic gold medalist over and over again and treated like Hollywood royalty. But getting there and proving that a Hawaiian was really the fastest swimmer in the world, that was kind of hard for him, right? Yeah. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the fun stories to go to is just to go, go with the fact that the first time he decided to race ever in like an official race, it was the first time the AAU held a race in Hawaii. He goes and breaks a world record by four seconds. And, and just how huge of a number that is to break a world record was just shocking as it was. But but it was his first time trying. And it, it's funny when you hear the Hawaiians tell the story. They're like, oh, yeah, he was just out there just playing, having fun. And it's like, yeah, and he destroyed a world record <laughs> in the process. And, and, and so, of course, you know, they had to see if it was real. You know, it, it's kind of the fun part of the story that, it's so big that the rest of the mainland and everybody's like, okay, that wasn't right. Hawaii obviously doesn't have to work a watch or a clock. And so let's send him out and see if he can do it again. And, and, you know, it takes a little time. His first time out there, it's, it's one of the stories, not a lot of the Hawaiians I noticed knew is, is that he actually, you know, traveling across the country and then having to perform right off of a train and boat and two week ride and food he'd never had before was going to affect him, especially the fact that he'd never swam in a pool in his life until that moment. And, and him swimming in a pool, as kind of a side note, is a big deal in that era because it wasn't something that anybody, a person of color, could normally do. So just the fact that he was allowed to do that right off the bat said a, a lot about just the effect he was going to have on people. But, yeah, he gets in there at Pittsburgh, and it cramps up and just doesn't show. And, and that's kind of where the story really, really takes off for me because with Duke – I think he wasn't always comfortable with fame and he wasn't always comfortable with being just the limelight, but he, but he found a way to be comfortable with it because he, he discovered that, you know, he could share aloha with people. He could teach them about his culture, teach them about Hawaii. He could represent Hawaii. And so in a moment when he failed in Pittsburgh is when he, he humbles himself and, and a random coach is there and says, you know what, this guy's got something, tells Duke to try a couple things and Duke does them perfectly immediately. And that coach is like, all right, uh, let's let's work on this. And Duke ends up staying alone in Pittsburgh, this guy from Hawaii, and, and 
spending a couple months with this coach coaching him for free. It was it was uh, it was George Kessler, the the head coach of Penn. And what's funny about Kessler is after all this, he would end up setting up NCAA swimming as we know it today to help become a feeder for the Olympics. So this this starts a whole chain of events that we we all live with today. And and Duke after two months becomes unstoppable, and just you know it was, it's it's ridiculous. Like, it, it's kind of funny too because I don't know if we ever really know how fast Duke was. That's the funny part about it. This guy that was a surfer by trade, you know, he loved rowing and surfing, was just using techniques he did on a surfboard in in his swimming. And, and so when people ask how did you learn how to do this, he's like, oh, it's just in my blood. It's just it's just what I do, you know, and it's. And he ends up transforming the world because of the way he kicks, because of the way he strokes. He goes into the Olympics and just dominates. And it's just incredible to watch on the big screen. I'm Rebecca Cressman, and if you've just joined us, today our guest is Isaac Halasima. He's the director of Waterman, the new movie that's premiering here in Utah. And while it's here at theaters, you're going to want to go. You're going to want to bring your friends, bring your children. Because honestly, watching Waterman, the movie, made me feel like I wanted to be a better human being. And yes, it was an incredible story of a humble man born in the kingdom of Hawaii way back in the 1890s. But the life he led and the example he set for the world is just incredible. And even though you might not recognize the name Duke Kahanamoku now, he was one of the most famous men in the world 100 years ago. Yeah. Oh, he was he was the, the biggest deal in the world. And the irony is that he was he was a brown guy. He was a brown man. You know, and this is an era when, you know, the Ku Klux Klan was was at the top of what they did. And, and it was a. Uh, it was an era when the U.S. was very, very, very segregated. And it's just, and that's part of the fun of the story, I think, is seeing how Duke was able to navigate that to the point where he wasn't even seen as a person of color, per se. He was, he was seen as a Hawaiian. He was, he was one of the first Polynesians the world had really seen at this level, and, and he would set a standard for all Polynesians after. So, so for a guy like me, someone that's uh, you know, Polynesian myself, he's, he's a big deal because I— it's fun to see where that standard came from, where, where it all came. Cause you know, when people talk about Polynesians, you know, usually it's like, Oh yeah, those, they're those really athletic, nice people. And I think that that can be easily directed back to Duke as the first man on the stage for the world. And, and yeah, he did. He, he, it wasn't just one Olympics. He ended up going to four. And what I love is that there's a lot of legend on Duke. So some will say four, some will say five, some will say, you know, it's just, it, there's a lot, a lot of twist in it, but you can't get a good, a good American story without a little bit of legend tossed in there, you know, and it's, it's, it's really fun just to, just to see, and especially, I mean, he's a hero. You know, I, when I, when I really chase this down and I, I guess I, I don't want to give too much of the movie, away, but I'll, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about, but, but it's just that, you know, I hope people, when they finish watching this film, they'll, they'll realize that, you know, one of my goals on this, that was, you know, anytime we talk about, Jesse Owens, Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, or Jim Thorpe, that Duke Hanamoku was right there in the conversation. You know, he's, he's one that slipped under the radar that, that when you really see what he did, to, to know that things like lifeguarding, as we know it today off the coast of California, started, you know, started with Duke. You know, when you look at the way we swim, starting with Duke, surfing around the world, being a pop, as popular as it is, starting with, starting with Duke. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like we interviewed 
like Kelly Slater in this one, you know, the 11-time world champion. At one point, you know, magazines calling him the greatest surfer ever to live, and even he's like, whoa, 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 don't forget Duke. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, this is the champ of all champs. And, and if anyone that's ever met Kelly knows he is a competitive beast. He wants to win everything, and I love it. I love being around people like that. But when it came to honoring Duke, he wasn't going to let that slip by. Ah, it, I just think it's really cool. It's a, You know, what was interesting for me, too, is I sat watching that movie, and I married someone who had competed towards the Olympics for the country of Canada. Dale had to teach me how to swim a correct stroke in a pool because I learned in the ocean. But he also taught me so much about how crucial techniques were, swimming competitively, the type of stroke, the type of kick, the swiftness of your underwater turns. And Duke grew up in the ocean. There's no wall for him to touch and turn. So we get to see so much of the strength that Duke had as an athlete. But when you finish the movie, what really stays with you is the lessons of the type of person Duke was. Oh, and, yeah. and that was the graciousness, the generosity, the kindness, that love and encouragement and working and helping each other, that spirit of aloha. Everybody can be family. It, it, it will make you feel like, oh, I can be a better human being by tapping into the true story in life of, of yeah. Duke Kahanamoku. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. When I, when I jumped into this, I never thought it would play in theaters. I never thought it would have a shot at something like that, you know. And, and it's, it's really cool to have producers like I do. You know, they first, you know, you know, the way this fell into my lap story-wise was that my uncle made the statue of Duke Kahanamoku on the, on the beach of Waikiki. It's one of the most famous statues in the world now. And it was one thing that he had suggested that I do, I try to do, is tell this story because no one was telling it. And then my uncle had passed away a little after that, and that's when I started chasing it. And eventually I, I landed on some producers that these guys are just incredible. And they had actually fallen into this story in their own way. So we connected, and they just kind of let me run with this. And and the fact that they let me run with it, it I actually worked at KSL, KSL TV for a long time. And I was kind of famous for doing way too much with my news packages. So, <laughs> and, so. I, and I saw one of our former, because with FM 100.3, KSL TV yeah. is downstairs. It's our broadcast family. And I saw one of our yeah. former sports reporters at the premiere uh, with me at the <laughs> film festival. And he said, you know, he used to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I grew up there, man. It was I started there when I was 13. So I was. Uh, I was I literally spent my teenage years and just growing up there but but I always ha- I always wanted to put a cinematic edge onto the things that I did because I don't know it just makes things more memorable and I love movies and so if I could put movies into what I was doing then I'd do it and so when these guys asked me you know well would you do a doc on this I'm like can I make it like a movie and and that's what we did you know there's because we had to recreate some of the most amazing things that Duke did you know the rescue off of the coast of California being one of them and I was like, if you let me go crazy on those, and yeah, I'll, I'll make a doc. But I, I want it to be so cinematic that if, if it ever did play in a theater, people would feel like it was worth it. Because it's, you know, his story already is, is the natural hero's journey. It's, it's, it's just an incredible story. So to, to be able to play with it and to just be able to do things to make it powerful. I think, I think one thing that gets me is that Duke, you know, he was in, what, 26 movies when he was in the black and white era, in an era where they would rather paint someone a different color than, than hire them to play the part, you know? And, and here was Duke in all these movies, but the one thing he never really got was to be a Hollywood star. So, 
So to do this, I was like, okay, well, I want an orchestra to be scored underneath this whole thing. And then these scenes, they just got to feel like, it's got to feel like Superman. Because Duke, to me, was Superman growing up. You know, I'm, I'm lucky my uncle made the statue because I knew who he was. And so it's just really, it was really fun to just try to push the envelope a little bit. And then, lo and behold, my producers were like, hey, we're going to try to get this in the theaters. I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> dock in the theaters. You know, I, I've seen it work before. You know, Mr. Rogers, I think, when that doc came out, showed that the world really wants to just feel good sometimes. Absolutely. And so, and I, and I think Duke is right there with, with that kind of personality because his whole message was, hey, we can, we can get along. We can be happy. It's like he knew. He, it's like he figured out how to be happy in life. It's, it's the wildest thing. And it, it's so, you, you almost get jealous at times. It's like, I wish I could figure out how to be that nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? And there's a part of me that thinks that grounding himself in nature, grounding himself in, yeah. in the water, grounding himself in, in those kind of basic elements of life uh, a- absolutely can help us kind of keep oh, yeah. grounded and remember and, and appreciate the power of this world around us, of the natural world around us and our oh, yeah. peace in that. And I appreciate that you have shared... Indeed, the movie Waterman does show on the big screen uh, the challenges that people of color faced in the early 1900s and beyond. And here yeah. is a, a man who is legendary, Olympic winner. He's in movies and his dream is to become the star. And yet he is held back from that. The, you know, the main film star, he's held back from that. And um, I'll even mention Tarzan. He's held back yeah. from that dream because of the color of his skin. And, and, and so yeah. it, you, you touch and tell the truth of the limitations that he has and that other people of color had. But you show that he did walk that bridge. He did, he yeah. was able to bridge a gap between those who were prejudiced against people of color. And uh, yeah. and that is fascinating. And a lot of it has to do with his personality, his celebrity and stardom and the way he treated other people. Yeah, well, you know, in, in really the spirit of Aloha, when you really break down Aloha, which we do in the film, you know, a lot of people, it's, oh, hello, goodbye, that's fine. But Aloha is so much more. It's such a layered word. Really, the Hawaiian language is just, layers of emotions and meanings inside of, you know, the words that they use. And aloha is one where alo means to give of yourself, and then ha is your spirit. So it's like you're giving part of your spirit to another when you say that. And if you really, truly believe that you just gave that person a part of you, then you, you now you want them to, like, enjoy that. You want them to be proud of that thing you just gave them. You want them to see you differently. And you want, it's, it's, it's wild that how much love the Hawaiians have for others throughout all all that they went through throughout history you know it's you know the beginning of the doc we blast what three thousand years of hawaiian history in about five minutes at you and and it's, it's because it's all it's all part of duke's story but it's but it's it's important to know and it's and it's really heartbreaking at times to see but but we give you the heartbreak so that you know how high the highs are you don't know unless you know how low the lows were and it's it's just really it's just a special place and it's amazing duke with this one goal he had his one creed to teach the world aloha you look at what happened like this little teeny island nation in the middle of the pacific islands has one of the most famous words in the world you know and you can take that back to duke 
and it's it's and I'm sure there's lots of others that play into it, of course. But it's it's Duke that pushed this, and he met he thought it was important. And when we showed this in Hawaii, you could tell the Hawaiians really just were so proud of someone that loved his culture so much and just got it. And if you just tuned in, I'm Rebecca Cressman, and today we're talking to film director Isaac Halasima, and his name might be familiar to you because, yes, he co-wrote and directed The Last Descent, which was that just harrowing, incredibly moving movie about the attempted rescue of John Edward Jones from Nutty Putty Cave right off of Utah Lake. That movie was incredible. His new movie is called Waterman, the story of Duke Kahanamoku, and it's a film everyone will love, whether you grew up surfing or you've never been to the ocean before, or whether you traveled and loved the culture of Hawaii. Maybe if you've competed in sports and you want to see what great sportsmanship can look like, or if you just want a story that shows how one person pushed through so many obstacles and never lost his love and faith in mankind and made the world a better place because of that. You're going to want to see this movie because Duke's life is so inspiring. Well, it's, I think it's one of those things where it just feels so good to know that good people like that existed, you know, and it's maybe it is the perfect time to bring them out back out to the world, do whatever we can. You know, I, I you know, who knows how big this will, what this will do in the theaters. I hope that it goes a long time, but it's, it's mostly because I, I, I think people could really hear this message and really, really feel what this man was trying to do. He's, he changes people. It, it's weird to hear, see someone that was so nice effortlessly, effortlessly, you know, there's a, I mean, I, there's a, I, I could tell you a small story real quick. That, that kind do. of shows how he was. There was one of my favorites. Uh, Fred Hemmings told it. And it was, it was at a surf competition out in California. Um, there was a, there was a guy that took second place and, and Duke was the one handing out the trophies. And when he handed this guy the second place trophy, the guy walked off the stage and just smashed it in a garbage can. And, and of course the guys were at Duke like, all right, Duke, we're going to kill that guy. So we'll be back. And Duke, Duke just looks at him and goes, no, 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 no. He's like, isn't it, isn't it great how much he cares? Uh-huh. And it just like, just like jaw drop on everybody. They're like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Where did we lose perspective on this? You know, being able to see things, the best of things really starts to draw out the best in people around you. And, and when you look at Duke's life, so many people, it wasn't just Duke alone, but people, good people came out of the woodwork for him. And it's, it's this ability to draw them to him. That was a huge part of his success. And then his ability to just do something with it. You know, it was, he never let it, he wouldn't let people down. Even after the Olympics, when you hear him talking, he's like, I got to make good to Hawaii for mm-hmm. helping me get to where I was. You know, he's as, as incredible as he was. He never forgot what he represented and, and who believed in him. And it's, it's just because it's it was people so, like that live. Yeah. And, and, and that the people of Hawaii, as humble as they were back in the early 1900s, in particular, when I talk about economically, they're the ones yeah. that funded and made it possible for him to get on the world yeah. stage. And that, I, I'm curious, we have about four minutes left together, Isaac. You mentioned that those in Hawaii who see or who have seen the movie Waterman, they felt a sense of pride. What else did you hear from Hawaiians after they watched Waterman? You know, honestly, the, the one that kind of gets me is, is how many Hawaiians said they didn't know the whole story. And it, it, it says a lot really about Duke because he didn't talk about himself and he didn't he shied away from it. So a lot of times the stories were only told by people there in moments with him. 
when he became huge in surfing, that's a story that took over and slowly the Olympic success kind of faded off into history. But it's, it's, it surprised me at that one the most, but also to see Hawaiians so proud of, of just aloha, just of a word that seems like just a simple word to, to so many, but to them really does have a deeper meaning. And, and to have the man himself remind them really meant a lot. There was a, there was a bunch of the old Beach Boys that came to one of the screenings we had out there, and it was just—I mean—it was a big tear fest with me and them and all of us because it's just fun to see them come to life. It's like they—they they were back in that time, that era when when Duke made sure everyone felt good because they were just—they were on cloud nine, and it was—it was tears of joy, you know. It was a—it uh, was crazy, you know. It's—I feel kind of bad. It seems like last descent, and now this one, I'm—I'm I'm kind of aiming for tear jerkers, I guess. But it's uh really happy the Hawaiians have, have jumped on board with this and really helped push it out. I mean, they, they carried it to number one already in the documentary on the charts, and it's only Hawaii right now. So it just shows how much they love their guy. Well, congratulations on that, knowing it's at number one right now. It is the story of Duke Kahanamoku, the story of Hawaii, the story that I think uh, – Every human being in the world needs to watch right now. It's called Waterman. And we've been uh, chatting with the director, Isaac Halasima. And Isaac, you are from Hawaiian or Tongan or which Polynesian, all of it yeah. together? My, my dad immigrated to immigrated from Tonga to Laie, where my mom was. And she was living with my uncle who made the statue. So, yeah, I'm I'm a tongan descent on that side and i'm a monson on the other side so so that's kind of fun but what, what an incredible yeah. way to bring that family history connection to the box office and to the world what a great way to extend the legacy of your uncle who made the sculpture of duke in waikiki and hoped someday that you would tell duke's story yeah. you just nailed it it's just absolutely beautiful waterman isaac thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of utah weekly forum Oh, thanks for having me. It's 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 a real honor. And again, a shout out again to everybody that was a part of this because it's it's so such a good feeling to be able to make movies are hard and it's fun to have them. But yeah, Sidewinder Films, my the guys behind this, I, I love them. I'm so glad we could be here talking because of them. Absolutely. And the cinematography in Waterman is absolutely incredible, especially those surf and ocean scenes. And it helps to have Jason's voice guiding you through this whole story, too. Jason Momoa has just got a great voice for this kind of story and as a Hawaiian. So it's great. And Jason Momoa does a great job as the narrator as well. The movie is Waterman. You can get more info at watermanthemovie.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.